um, God willing, we're going to continue the series. Uh, but before we go further in the series, it's been a while, and we did have many classes on this. So I thought it'd be good to just give a summary of where we learned, what we learned until now, before we um, before we go on further. Um, we were, we learned in the previous classes about the essence of the Jewish people that um, there's a difference between the Jewish people and even the most pious Gentiles. There's something about the about the Jew that is considered, in the language of the Kuzri, a, 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 a fifth section in creation. There are four different kinds of things in the world. There's, an, there's the inanimate, vegetable, animal, and human. Then there's another, another category. Oops. Why do people consider a different category than the rest of creation? What does that even mean? So, the um, the Torah tells us the story of our patriarchs, and in this story, the Torah also tells us and what they did. We, when you look to how Hasidus explains the story, there is a picture that emerges. There is a layer of our bond with Hashem that was forged through Abraham's life, and another layer through Yitzchak, through Isaac, and a third layer through Yaakov, through Jacob, and there's another dimension of our connection to Hashem that was created at the giving of the Torah. So today I just want to recap about uh, what we learned about the three three levels of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. God willing, in the next classes, we'll go to what changed at Mount Sinai when God gave us the Torah. The first thing the Torah tells us about Abraham is that God said to Abraham, leave your birthplace, leave your land, leave your father's house. And the Hebrew words the Torah uses are very, um, have, have a deeper meaning. The word land also means leave your desires. The Hebrew word for land, the root of the word is ratzon, desire. The molat, your birthplace, also means leave your habits. And the third word, besavicha, um, your father's house, in Kabbalah, the father of all um, attributes of a human being, is his wisdom. That's what produces the way you think, the way you feel, it starts with the a initial flash of insight. So God told Abraham, leave all that behind. That's the first thing the Torah tells us about Abraham. Now, Abraham had a very rich past. Abraham was who recognized God at the age of three. And his recognition of God only grew as he grew older. And he um, was so fortified in his belief that he challenged the king of the whole world at the time, the king of Nimrod, and refused to uh, bow to idols and was ready to be thrown to fire rather than, um, rather than uh, waver in his devotion to God. So you'd think the Torah has a lot to say about Abraham. Yet the Torah itself, talking about the written Torah, ignores the first 75 years of Abraham's life. And the first thing we told about Abraham is, God told Abraham, leave your house. Leave, and with a deeper meaning, leave all your desires behind, leave all your habits behind, leave all your thoughts behind. I mean, he's doing pretty well with his desires and his thoughts. He has cultivated a, a very deep belief in God. So why, uh, why would God tell him to leave that behind? So the answer is like this. When a person knows something, there's a connection between the person and the thing that he knows. There's two ways that connection of the relationship thing that you know and you 
Because you, you are trying to um, assimilate this thing into your consciousness. You're trying to, to connect with it, trying to understand it, trying to uh, see how, how uh, if it's true, if it's not true, what, what the implications of it, what the consequences of this truth is. So you are, it's based on you. That's one kind of relationship you could have with something you know. Another relationship you could have with something you know is not that you are trying to understand it, you're trying to appreciate it. Rather, the thing itself is shining into your consciousness. There's something of that thing that is there in you. It's not that you are trying to understand it, it's that the thing is inside you. Like, for example, when you see something, that thing that you're seeing is, it's not that you know about it because you understand it's supposed to be there. When you see something, there's something of that thing that's in you. So that's why... um, no matter how many proofs someone may bring to tell you that that thing that you believe in isn't true, you know it's true because you saw it with your eyes. You see this is the way it is. When you see something, so there's a part of the thing that you see that's in you. It, it's not that you know because of logic. The opposite. No matter how many logical reasons there will be to say it's not true, you know that it's true. In a similar way, the conviction that a Jew has in God's, of God's reality is not based upon proofs. On the contrary, how many proofs there are that would, that would suggest that God's reality isn't true, a Jew would still believe in God. A Jew would still be faithful to God. Why? Because our relationship to God is uh, not based upon logic and reason. It's based upon the fact that we possess a godly and holy soul. And that's why God tells Avram, leave your father's house, leave your desires, leave your, leave your habits, leave the way you think. What's, what is God telling him? God is saying to him, all the things that you are, are doing are, are fantastic. They're amazing. It's on by the door. Let me see. Sorry about that. <laughs> so the, 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 whatever, whatever Abraham um, um, had achieved before he turned 75 years old, that was all in a different category than his Jewishness. So that's why Hashem told Avram to leave all that behind because that's not your Jewishness. That's not what makes you who you are. What makes you who you are is that God shines in you. And that's why the very first thing the Torah tells us about Avram is that God appeared to Avram. It's not about Avram's brilliance in recognizing God. It's rather, it's about, <coughs> it's, about, it's about Avram's bond with God because God is shining in him. God spoke to Avram. And that's also... Is a, 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 you see that's represented in the words that God told Avram leave your father's house, leave all that you know leave all you're familiar with all you're familiar with isn't what makes you Jewish what makes you Jewish what makes you Jewish is that God is real so therefore Hashem's first instruction to Avram leave your father's house that's what made Avram Jewish it wasn't that his conviction and his understanding made him Jewish it was his departure from all that to God's revelation to him. What makes Adam Jewish is not that he knows God, that God shines in him, that he is a part, he is a soul, he is a part of God. That's why <clears throat> God told Avram, I will make you into a great nation. The words, um, I will make you into a great nation, the Talmud translates this as, you will make into a new creature. There's two words over here. One word is it's new. Whatever you've achieved before Avram, you've known God, you've sacrificed yourself for God based upon your conviction, and you, you're so devoted to the great to give your life, now I'll give you something new. 
all that's based upon how you feel. It's all it's all artificial. It's all man, it's all man based. Now a relationship is something to take on a whole different um, dimension. Now God will shine in you. Now the revelation of Hashem in you. So that's something chadasha. That's something that's new. But not only is it chadasha, not only is it new, but bria chadasha. Hashem says this is your identity. In other words, the the godliness that shines in Abraham through God's revelation to him is not superimposed upon Abraham's existence. Rather, that's who he is. This soul, this godliness that shines in Abraham becomes his very identity. That's why, just like um, it's a, bad, a huge gap between an animal and vegetation, and no matter how many generations um, you go between um, animals, uh, you never, never produce vegetation, or vice versa. No, no apple tree will ever produce a, an animal. It would totally different kinds of things. And no animal will ever produce a human. No matter how many generations uh, um, will, will, will pass. They, they did try to do this, uh, try to see if, if it would change. In the uh, evolutionists did this experiment. They brought these monkeys into this room and they tried to see if they could figure out how to make computers, uh, how to use computers. And one monkey broke a computer, one monkey defecated the computer. But I'm not talking about evolution. We're just talking about that it's, 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 it's unnatural for there to be a, a change from one animal to another, one animal to a human, because an animal is an animal. Unlike vegetation, is alive and has, and has it's frightened. There's an animal than a plant. On the other hand, um, uh, a human being who has intellectual, has a whole different way of, of thinking than an animal does. A human being is a whole different 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 category than an animal. And and the difference in a, a human being and a Jew is far far beyond the difference between a human being and an animal. The gap between human and animal is far less than the difference between human and Jew. Why? It's not it's not a racist statement. It's that just understand what a soul is. A soul is a part of God. So what makes you different than an animal, your intellectual soul, is that you can think differently than an animal can. Okay, that's amazing. What makes you Jewish is that it's a part of God in you. You believe in God, you're a believer, a child of a believer, because godliness is in you. But how is it in you? It could be in you in a way that it's superimposed upon you, but it's not your natural self. What's unique about a Jew is, as God told Abraham, I will create you a new creature. In other words, your soul is you. It's not just you have some holiness and godliness in you, but that's your very identity. That's what, that, And therefore, a Jew will give birth to a Jew, will give birth to a Jew, and it will always go on that way. Because a, a Jew is a different, his, his Jewishness is his very identity. If that's true, then how come Abraham had a Yishmoel and, and Isaac had an Esau? What does that mean? Answers like this. <clears throat> There's different um, layers of our Jewishness that were created by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This week, reading about the giving of the Torah, right? The Torah um, was something phenomenal. God told us, from now on, you're able to sanctify the physical. So the day after the Torah is given, it's the next day, right? And all of a sudden, me and Marcus are talking, you know, we got to do what Moses said. And Marcus is like, yeah, let's go, let's go kill a cow. I'm like, yeah. what? Kill yeah, a cow? Kill a cow. <laughs> but I'm like, right Marcus, now. he couldn't have been serious. He didn't really mean that the, the, the sanity in the film straps on the animal hide. He, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm a lot. It's LA. <laughs> Dreams could be reality. 
thinking of corned beef sandwich. It sounds so. It sounds so radical. Like you actually, you think Moses was serious? It's a very radical thing. In addition to Abraham being Jewish, God added a whole another dimension to this Jewishness, and that is that his physical body was also Jewish. Not just he possessed a soul, and the soul was the very identity, but God also told Avram, he asked Avram to make to be circumcised. In God's request to Avram to be circumcised, he's adding another layer to his Jewishness. Not only is your Jewishness, your, your, not only is your soul, your godliness, something that's your identity, but it's also the identity of your physical body. God told Avram, I you to circumcise yourself, so that you'll be complete. Until you circumcise yourself, you're not complete. Why aren't you complete? Because the godliness and the holiness is just something which is in your soul. It's not in your body. It may be internal, but it's not in the physical. God is making something very, um, in his request of Avram to circumcise himself, he was saying, I want your Jewishness to be something that's part of your body. Now, how could a soul be associated with the physical body? It's, it's not possible. Well, it's not possible for mitzvah either, to, to, for an animal to be tilled. It's not possible. That's if you're talking about possible, not possible. But if God said, I will give I'll give my covenant in your flesh to be eternal. What makes the covenant eternal is that God's making the covenant. If it's a human being, then you're right. This is spiritual. This is physical. We'll have to do with each other. This is holiness. This is just physical. But because it's brisi, because it's my covenant, therefore it's able to be in the physical flesh, and therefore it's able to last forever. Because it's brisi, because it's godly, therefore it can last forever. But even Abraham, who had a physical body, and his physical body, after he circumcised, that was also associated with his Jewishness, was still lacking in comparison to Isaac. Isaac was given another layer of Jewishness that Avram didn't have. Yes, from Avram, there is a, he is now not just Jewish in his soul, he's Jewish in his body, and his offspring will be Jewish forever. But there's a difference in Avram and Yitzchak. What's the difference? Avram was circumcised at what age? 99 years old, right? right? Isaac was circumcised at eight days old. So on the surface, what's, what's a greater circumcision? What's a greater devotion to God? What's a greater feat? The surface, a greater feat is circumcised at 99. Although you're, although you're 99 years old, and although it's very difficult, but you're so devoted and you've reached such a level of maturity relationship with God that it doesn't matter, and you go ready to go all the way, and you're ready to make such a radical change at the age of 99. Amazing. You shmoil told Yitzchak, my circumcision at the age of 13 is better than your circumcision at the age of 8 days, because I, it's a sophisticated thing. No one even asked you about your circumcision. It's just you, you were 8 days old, and they just did, did it to you. And on the surface, um, Yishmael has a point. That's only if the, the, the model of relationship is based upon, upon intellect and feelings. Who's more doing more of a heroic act? Yes, Yishmael is doing more heroic act. It's a more of a... Um, or a sophisticated act, for sure. He has done something based on understanding, but if a covenant is not a something that a human being can create, if it's something that's godly, so then it doesn't matter if you're 13 years old or 8 days old, God is the one who makes the covenant, not you. If you're making the covenant, Ishmael's right. But if God's making the covenant, then it's not about a, an artificial intellectual um, decision. It's about in a godly, infinite light that's ascending upon your body because God's giving it to you. Then it's something doesn't doesn't matter um, how you feel. Is it also because the mitzvah is eight days? Doesn't matter what. The mitzvah is eight days, so therefore God said so, and therefore there's something unique about eight days. God said so. But why is why is it a godly? I mean, it's a godly covenant, but man still has to physically do something. Oh. 
So by Avraham, the Torah says, I found his heart faithful before me, and he made a covenant with me. The Talmud says that God held on to Abraham's hand. Abraham couldn't do it by himself. And God had to assist him to do the covenant. So it sounds very magnificent, sounds very majestic. His heart is faithful to God, and therefore God makes a covenant with him, God assists him, and God's part of it, and God holds on to his hand. On the other hand, if the yardstick that we're looking for is what's more godly, the fact that he's so faithful and the fact that he's so magnificent and so majestic, that sort of limits and filters this um, this revelation to be something that's artificial, that's man-made. It's not man-made. God made a covenant with Abraham. However, it looks like it's superimposed upon Abraham's existence somewhat because, first of all, Abraham existed for 99 years without the covenant. Second of all, even when he made the covenant, it was because of his devotion to God that God's responding to him. Chassidus gives the analogy of payment versus a gift. Payment means uh, you worked, you deserve. That's payment. A gift, the Talmud says two opposites. On the one hand, you give me a gift, you don't have to give the gift. On the other hand, had a person not caused you some kind of gratification, had you not felt good about this person, you wouldn't have given him the gift. The gift was motivated by some kind of gratification you have from this person. You are you are happy about something about this person, and therefore you give the gift. So on the one hand, payment is commensurate exactly to what was done. You have worked, you've received. So that's sort of like the Yishmoel kind of covenant. He makes a covenant based upon his understanding. It's totally artificial. With Avraham, it's more like a gift. Avraham has served God for his whole life until the age of 99. He's working so hard, and God responds to him, and God makes a covenant with him. So that response of God is like a gift, something that God has given him beyond what he could possibly achieve as a human being. However, the very fact you're calling it a gift also means that it's somewhat relevant to Avram and what Avram has done, that God has responded. It's not completely a godly, uh, a, a purely god, a, a, a um, purely a godly covenant. It's also somewhat mixed into Avraham's um, achievement, and therefore, it's although it's not really that way. Meaning that Avram did have a covenant with God fully, and therefore his children are Jewish, and he's fully Jewish. But there's some level externally that Avram's missing. Externally, you don't see completely the godliness in this covenant. You see something artificial there as well. And that's why Yitzchak has an advantage over Avram. Yitzchak in his covenant, you see, is eight days old. In order for Yitzchak to be born, he had to be born, unlike Avram, he had to be born from a tipa shakdush, he had to be born from a holy drop from Avram. He had to be born from someone who was circumcised. Avram didn't have that level of relationship with Hashem. His, he had a soul, godly soul, that became his identity, became part of his physical body, but it looks somewhat superimposed upon his identity because, in fact, he lived those 99 years till he got it. But Yitzchak had to be born holy. He had to be born with holiness. Therefore, um, only after Avram was circumcised could he give birth to a Yitzchak. And Yitzchak's relationship to Hashem is much more than Avram's because in Yitzchak's relationship, we don't see anything artificial, don't see anything man-made, don't see anything... That's human. It's just God making a covenant. And more than Yitzchak, you see this in Yaakov. Because Yitzchak also, in order to give birth to a Yaakov, for order to be a Yaakov, Yaakov's father to be someone who was circumcised at eight days old. Yaakov, unlike Yitzchak, Yitzchak was indeed born from a holy drop from, from Avram, 
unlike Avram, who, who uh, was 99 years old, that's when his Jewishness became part of his body. Yitzhak, his Jewishness was part of his body when he was born, and he had eight days old. He was he, he was born from from someone who was who, who had a who was godliness was part of his body. But still, Avram, since Avram, his circumcision was somewhat deficient. Therefore, Yitzhak's existence was also deficient in his in his bond with Hashem, although he was circumcised at eight days old. Yaakov was born from someone who was circumcised at eight days old. That means that there was a perfect bond with God, and that someone had this perfect bond with God was the one who fathered him. And therefore, two things, two, two, a little bit paradoxical, but uh, don't worry, Daf Yomi will take us over, so so we could, <laughs> we, we, could, we could think of the questions the rest of the day. Avram gives birth to a Yishmael. Isaac gives birth to an Esau. Why is that possible? It's possible because their bond with Hashem wasn't perfect. And therefore it's possible for them to have an offspring that wasn't fully Jewish. Yes, um, Avram is fully Jewish. And most of it, and, and Avram is able to father a Jewish child. But it's also possible in the language of the Talmud, Talmud is very specific with the language. It doesn't say he fathered Yishmael. There's a Yatsamim in Yishmael. He had someone who came out of him. It wasn't, a, it wasn't really his progeny. Torah says, who is Abraham's seed? His seed is Isaac. Yitzchak is called your child. Yitzchak fathers Yaakov. He also fathers an Esau. Why is he father an Esau? He fathers an Esau because his own bond with Hashem was based on someone who his covenant wasn't perfect. His covenant was also somewhat artificial, and therefore it's possible for it to be limited. So that's why there's also a distinction between Avram and Yitzchak. Avram fathers Yishmael, who's not Jewish at all. Yitzchak fathers an Esau, who is considered Jewish. You saw Mumer, how the Talmud says, he was a rebellious Jew, but he was still a Jew. However, Yaakov, his offspring, all of his children were Jewish. Why was that? It was because Yaakov was born from someone who had a circumcision at eight days old. Yes, sir. So for someone, let's say I've got a friend who had jaundice, who wasn't, didn't have their breasts on the eighth day, but actually on their tenth, I don't know what it was, tenth day, twelfth day. Whatever. Like, does that, how, do, how does one have to do tikkun, what that tikkun be? Is that not a problem with the chassidus? Like, what do you do? The information I have about this is very limited, but I'll just tell you what I've heard. In other traditions, not in the Chabad, there is a special blessing you give the child. The child should have the circumcision in the right uh, day, in the right in the time in Chabad, we don't give that blessing. Why not? The tradition I've heard was the time he's supposed to have the, time, the circumcision is when the when the mohel is ready. And the mano, when, is he, when the baby is ready. So it's the Rebbe circumcision uh, wasn't on time. And in fact, there is a question about Every year on the anniversary of circumcision, something about the covenant is manifest. So there's a question in Halacha, or also in Kabbalah, what day is this manifestation in the following years? Is it on the day that it was supposed to happen? Did it actually happen? I, 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 don't, I don't think that it makes a difference at all. Um, based upon what I've heard, the Ithi was money when it's in its time, in, its, uh, in, in when the baby's ready. That's why I play her. Um, uh, I did hear um, that the reason why sometimes a baby um, is born later is because a baby is given an oath before coming to this world to be a tzaddik. And, you know, that's, that's a pretty serious commitment. So not everyone's ready for that big... Uh... And it was the point we learned today is that there's three la- layers 
in our relationship with Hashem that was were forged by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of them, unlike the rest of mankind, they their bond with God is not intellectual, it's based upon revelation. And in this bond itself, there are three layers. There's Abraham, who he is given the unique um, distinction, the first of mankind, to bring this holiness of Hashem. First of all, to have a holy soul, not just intellectual soul. Second of all, for this holy soul, soul to become part of his body through a circumcision, so his, so his body becomes holy. But still, it was somewhat based upon his devotion to God that he was given this distinction, and therefore it's somewhat limited. However, Isaac's devotion to Hashem uh, wasn't a factor in the circumcision. He was a circumcised at eight days old, therefore it's a higher kind, a deeper kind of bond that's completely um, God-based, not man-based. Therefore, his circumcision is considered to be higher, and his existence is considered to be higher. His bond with Hashem is, is at the age of eight. He's not superimposed him later on in life. And Yaakov, finally, he's born from someone who was circumcised at the right time, not by someone who... And, there, and therefore, um, his, all of his children were, were Jewish, fully, unlike Avram, had a Yishmol, unlike Yitzchak, had a Nesav. All right, then we'll stop here. Uh, Thank you, Rabbi Levin.